Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Medium sized Mike's back. How you doing? Carl's back. That's your service. <laughs> Silent Ron's back. <laughs> Hello. And Brother Bob's back. How's it going? Medium sized Mike, would you like to read our Bible verse this week? Sure will. I'm reading Daniel 3, 24 and 25 from the ESV Bible. It says, And then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see a fourth man, unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Ronnie's story. One that I like, yeah. (laughs) But, so our topic tonight is standing outside the fire. And you can take that however you want. But since Ron brought it up, it is my favorite story. And it's probably the one that, the account that I've read the most. And shocker, two of my devotionals are about Daniel and the whole book of Daniel. And one of them went to the perspective of the king instead of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel himself, and then Jesus in the fire, which is, I would say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like if a sermon is preached about it, it's about that perspective. This got to me got me thinking about how many times have we been on the outside looking in and had that moment of amazement or maybe FOMO, right? The fear of missing out type thing. And then what our sermon was, it's like the rejection part withdrew us back from the fire. No matter what it is, right? Like, the biggest thing that I see is the even if, right? Even if God would have burnt them, they were okay with it. Even if they would have lived, they were okay with it. Mm-hmm. To me, like my rescue story is me standing outside the fire. And I think everybody's moments or rescue stories is that is standing outside the fire us outside looking in as in from the perspective of Nebuchadnezzar right right yeah yeah as to where you have your own ideas and your own judgment on whatever this particular topic we're talking about religion we're talking about the church or the political side of it like whatever and then in that moment something happens for me, it was as corny as our pastor being Stuart Smalley on in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. I was like, can you really be like, can we do SNL from the pulpit? Like, is that sacrilegious or something? Because it's tradition, right? That's, that's the American tradition part right? that I was thinking about. And then it was like, well, I can't be saved. Because then it was the rejection part that faced... The whole time. Now, with King Nebuchadnezzar, on the other hand, 
it was some more of him fighting back, and then he sees this amazing thing, and he believes it mm-hmm. then. And I've had that happen as well. I mean, it was pretty much the same thing. Right. Well, I just think it's a good analogy. I mean, not analogy, but I mean the whole the whole thing of Nebuchadnezzar having to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego having faith in the fact that it's going to be taken care of just on faith. Whatever they like you said, if they're if they're going to be martyrs burned burned in there, then they are. They are okay with that because they have faith in in Jesus to know that they're going to be saved. Well, God, at that point, right? But I mean, you know what I mean. But they have that faith, and and so it's either one. So it's both sides of that coin, right there, of knowing we're going to be taken care of, everything's going to be okay because we have this faith, or Nebuchadnezzar on the other side to say, now that I've seen it, I believe it. Right. You know, so. It's almost like King Nebuchadnezzar was from Missouri, right? Yeah. You had to show him mm-hmm. before he actually believed it. Well, and I don't think that's I don't think that's an unfair thing for him. I mean, he'd been steeped in pagan pagan religion. He was raised as an idolater. You know what I mean? He was raised to worship false gods. Right, yeah. No, I wasn't I wasn't accusing him of it, but you know, I I think, you know, it's it is important what you're talking about. You rarely hear it preached or taught. From that perspective, it's almost always from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's perspective. But really, that story is less about their rescue and more about Nebuchadnezzar's. The whole purpose of that event, God stirred Nebuchadnezzar up to create that scenario to prove himself in Nebuchadnezzar's eyes. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, in my opinion, the whole scenario was about proving himself to Nebuchadnezzar to turn his heart, to to, 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 to align his heart. Align Nebuchadnezzar's heart with the Most Highs. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And he knew that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be faithful witnesses in that. You know what I mean? They'd already been rescued. Yeah, they proved that by being willing to to step into the flame. Right. All all they had to do to get out of that was to bow down. Mm-hmm. That's all they had to do. Bow down and repent later. That's what everybody. Or else eat did. the food. Yeah, but right. They, they did not. Mm-mm. They didn't eat the food. They didn't yeah. bow down to the idol. Like, yeah, their whole life was defined by obeying him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to read a quote, if you guys don't mind, just to that to that effect. Because the fire, what does the fire represent to you guys? The furnace itself. A hard life. It's a good test. Is this like, yeah, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I see the fire as being a, a refinement for them three guys. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a refinement for Nebuchadnezzar, if you really want to think about it. Because uh, you know he 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 put that furnace ten times hotter than what it, what it ever was before before he threw them three guys in. The guys that threw him in the furnace actually burned up. So you know Nebuchadnezzar had to be setting a ways away from that plate from that fire. You know, right? And uh, for him to absolutely be able to see them three guys walking around in that fire, and the fourth guy, which he said was Jesus, which and it was. You know, that had to really be a defining, clear picture to where he could really see what was going on in that furnace mm-hmm. from a long ways off. You know, I think I think God absolutely made his eyes to where they focused in further. Because, you know, if you look at a fire long enough, you, you get that orange dot in your eyes. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, if that fire was that hot... It wouldn't have took long if he was looking at that fire to be able to see the orange dot in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? And then once you mm-hmm. do that, you can't see anything. But God did not have the, you know, God allowed it to where he could see in that fire and see 
the four guys walking around in there. I never even thought about that before. That this it's almost supernatural the yeah. fact that he could see that clearly to yes. see him because it doesn't seem like anybody else case. He has to ask like confirmation. Yeah. Does anybody else see what I'm seeing here? Right. Right. And it seems like he's the first one to notice. He wouldn't have been the only one watching. No. There would no. have been an entire retinue there watching that. But it oh, seems all like the, he was the one that all saw the it. sat reps and uh, mm-hmm. all the all the upper officials would have been there right beside him. Yeah. You know? But Whispering Jesus, in his ear, be like, you know, hey, you done good by burning them guys up. Yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. find it, find it, focus his eye. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the way I believe. I believe God allowed him to be able to see yeah. inside that furnace for that reason. Yeah. And you have that big commotion in the crowd. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So then it's that nightlight that you need in the dark. Yeah. Well, yeah. To see, to refocus what you need to look at. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, God actually kind of uh, finessed Nebuchadnezzar into this, you know, because of the dreams. Daniel told him about the dreams, you know. Um, what was the other account? I read it the other day, and I, I can't remember what it was for sure. The message? The message, that's probably, yes. The writing message? The writing oh, message. That was Nebuchadnezzar's son. Son, oh, yeah. Right. Are you talking what, about when he was driven into insanity? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then and then God allowed him to see this, and then it, it it absolutely changed his heart. You know what I'm saying? Changed him anyway. Yeah. Now, whether he was actually a follower of Jesus or not, or a follower of God, you know, after this, it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't. After the the furnace occasion, I don't think so. I think it was probably in the back of his mind. I think yeah. I I would argue that he certainly probably was after the the when he was driven to insanity for seven yeah. years, and he comes out because he writes that. A real lengthy declaration yes. saying, you know, Yahweh is God. There is no other. He's yeah. proven himself to me. I was foolish. I was prideful and he's humbled me. Right. You know, it was a, it was a pretty powerful declaration of his repentance, it seemed like. Yeah. But so, th- like you said, throughout those circumstances, the Most High was using his servants mm-hmm. to, to witness. Yeah. Right. To, to, to walk yeah. out these acts of witnessing to Nebuchadnezzar. Yep. There's a guy named Richard Wormbrand. I think we could probably liken him to a modern Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. Uh, he 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 founded Voice of the Martyrs. Okay, and uh, I watched a movie about him and his wife the other day. It was really really good. But and that's why I came across this quote. Actually, he was persecuted severely. He lived under Nazi rule in Romania, and then he he lived under Russian communist rule. After that, it was just a lifetime of persecution. Spent something like fourteen years in prison just for being. I was going to say concentration camp. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. was beaten repeatedly by the Nazis. Beaten by the communists. Suffered a lot. Yeah. And he said once, and this, this quote really hit me hard, did I believe in God? I'm going to stop for a second. He actually started as an atheist, too. That's an important part of his story. He started as an atheist and got tuberculosis. And when he converted and accepted Christ, that's when his DB started going away, and he, he recovered from that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like the, the links that God went to, to to bring Richard Wormbrand into fellowship with himself and then use him as a powerful witness to nonbelievers is just inspiring. Super inspiring. But he said, did I believe in God? Now the test had come. I was alone. There was no salary to earn, no golden opinions to consider. God offered me only suffering. Would I continue to love him? I think that's like the real question behind the suffering, right? He doesn't promise us a life of, yeah. of luxury. We have that in America a lot. And I think we, we, we run the risk of expecting it here. Because we've had it for so long, that guy lived an entire life of suffering. But it was suffering with purpose. And it all comes down to that crossroad. I think that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came to with the furnace. 
Would they choose to love him wholeheartedly, actionably, outwardly love him, or would they bow like everybody else was doing? And they chose to love him, and because they chose to love him, they served as a as a piece in the puzzle of converting one of the most powerful pagan kings in human history. Yeah, you know, our witness matters, but oftentimes that witness comes through suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how ever everything in the Bible comes down to that fork in the road. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then even our, even our life, our walk, comes down to that fork in the road. Mm-hmm. Which way are you going to go? Can't go in the middle. You got to either, you either got to follow him or not follow him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I understand the importance of obedience matters so much. This yep. idea that we, 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 we talk a lot about justification and it just stops there. But, you know, the fork in the road implies taking steps, right? Which mm-hmm. implies us walking with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it matters. I mean, yeah, we can we can probably make it to heaven if we just sit down and do nothing, but we're not going to have much reward because we're not we're not doing what he expects us to do to right. shine a light for those around us. Right. That takes walking. That takes obeying. That sometimes, oftentimes, takes suffering. Mm-hmm. It takes us getting out of our comfort zones. Well, I seen something on, and I, I shared it on Facebook. You know, uh, talked about the there's a highway to hell. But a stair- staircase to heaven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it shows you it shows you the road that's going to be run the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. know. So I'm like, that's cool. I'm gonna share that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I'd also like to point out, on the flip side of this too, is that sometimes if you're standing outside the fire, it's the action of not going into the fire. Right? Like the lip service. Mm-hmm. You can do the things. You can place the check marks in there. You can get the gold star for attendances or, you know, whatever. But if you're standing outside the fire and just talking about it and not being in it, what good is that also? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's not because I perceive standing outside the fire as... That's when I was unsaved, looking in. You know, that that's our unsaved life, standing outside the fire. We're, we're Nebuchadnezzar, standing out there watching this fiery furnace. But, I and then, but when we see it, then we're like, yes, God, I'm going to follow you, and we accept Christ. That's when we step into the fire and he starts refining us. Right. Mm-hmm. But kind of like what we were talking about before, I'm saying like, what if we're doing all the things? Right, but we're praying those comfort prayers, mm-hmm. so we're still standing outside the fire. Still standing outside the fire. You're right. not allowing. You're not allowing God to to refine you like the fire is supposed to refine you. Because I know I've been there. I've done that. Right. That's the probably whole... still do it sometimes, unwillingly. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like ah, I don't know if I should do X Y Z. Right. I think it's important too to point out the danger of the group. Like, you know what I mean? We we we. We emphasize our modern perception of church to the to the point where it's all just about uniting in the name of unity alone with no real purpose behind it, just for the sake of being in the group and following the group wherever it goes. Mm. And if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were surrounded by other believers. Mm-hmm. Right? There were other there were other Jewish believers there. They all bowed. Mm-hmm. Every one of them kneeled. If yeah. they had followed the group, they would have too. Sometimes that we talked about rejection. Sometimes right. that sense of rejection is because you're one of the few that's not bowing to something that you shouldn't be bowing. You're not giving in to. You're not giving in to the way 
you're not giving in to the how, how can I put this the click I guess you would call it yeah you know yeah click peer pressure whatever peer pressure yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. however you know you're you're just not that's something that you don't want to do you know you know it's wrong mm-hmm. and you don't and you know you don't need to do it so you just yeah and I get it then you know and that kind of rejection I don't mind you know because that's that's for my that's for my own good you know right you know God allow me to have that kind of rejection I'm good with that you know um, but I don't know I've, I have I have been in churches that just flat rejected just because of the way you look or how you dress or how you act or how you talk you know so yeah been there yes yeah, it's, it's a lot harder when it comes from people that you know should know better yeah you know what I mean right it's a lot sharper of a sword to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it, when it's people of the faith that say they're of the faith and, and it's supposed to be your brother and sister and, and, and still they, they hitting you with that sharp sword right in the back. Well, maybe not even in the, per se in the back. In the back. I would but, just, yeah. But like, then it goes deeper because then you're like, well, am I? Because they're they have been believers for a while or they're doing this right so then that's when your self doubt yeah. comes in as well and then you might take five steps back away from the fire instead that's of true. being able to feel the embers on your face yeah absolutely yeah. I feel like as American Christians I feel like the standing outside the finder has taken on a different meaning for a lot of people to where I think that they can feel like they can stand outside and never step over and never step in. We're in a society now that instead of helping people, they want to take videos. Yeah. Right. They can see women getting beat, kids getting beat, and then they stand there and take videos. They don't try and help. They don't try and... And I feel like that's the way that the church is sometimes. They want to sit back and talk about how you should do things and how you should live your life, but they're not getting in there. They're not getting into the mess with the people. They're not trying to actually solve what the problem is which we all have talked about I don't know how many times with it being a heart issue Mm -hmm. and you need to change your heart you need to follow God Mm -hmm. you need to do this because it's what he deserves the price that he paid in giving his son to us so we didn't have to pay our our own sins Mm -hmm. it's worth that he deserves that and that's what we should do and that's how we should live our lives and we should be our rescue story absolutely I agree with you Ronnie it, it should be from the outside looking in because at some point we're infants in this and we're probably a lot of us are looking in to see that show me so I can believe you know what I mean mm-hmm. but if you're not if you're all in for God and you're not in the fire anymore you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. right if you went from being in the fire, getting refined, to standing outside, getting calloused. Right. Yeah. And standing on the outside being like, well, yeah, don't do that. No, 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 no. no, That's hot. Don't touch that. Yeah. As opposed to, no, let me get in there, you know, that's- with my kids. If they're going to come in it, when they were, in, or, you know, now my grandkids because I'm old. But, you know, <laughs> like when they were growing up, no, don't touch that. It's hot. No, you take their hand out and you and you take them away from it. You take them away from the danger. We got to get in there and help these people and touch them and grab them and get them out of the fire. So, you know, so I mean, are wanting to be accepted by the the wrong kind of people. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The they, desire they do for what acceptance they, they do what they, yeah. yeah, they do what they do because they want to be accepted by who they're around instead of who they should be accepted. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why they do that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I see it. When you were saying the videos and stuff, Yeah. they take those videos because they think if they post it or whatever they do with it, that they'll be accepted by everybody when you would think they would know it's wrong when right. it is. Right. It's a chase for attention. Right. You know, they take those videos so that they'll get clicks, and they'll get likes, and they'll get comments, and they'll get attention. You know, you know I'm, I'm speaking to me here. I'm guilty of that. That's one thing you hit me hard with today was if, if I become unwittingly guilty of chasing attention and just putting a ministry tag on it to make myself feel better about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Good there. I, I don't like it. I don't like what he showed me today. Right. It's very, very dangerous because he, he can be showing you, this is where I want you, this is the field I have for you to cultivate, but you're like, no, I can get I can get more of what my flesh wants over in this direction. We'll call that ministry. How about you just make this your will for me, God? Right. And that's mm-hmm. not a good place to be. You know, He will shake you out of that, and it'll be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You, know, you talk about comfort. I think that's where a lot of a lot of believers have gotten so comfortable. That's why they're that's why they feel good about stepping over people because they're comfortable. And I think that's the purpose of affliction. It's like a like an umbrella. You know, if we're walking alongside him in his will, the umbrella is going to keep us out of the storm. And if we try to go our own way, he's not going to change his direction. Mm-hmm. If we decide to change our direction and step out from under the direction from under the umbrella, he's going to bring a storm to us so that we can we can be shown this is why the umbrella matters. Now mm-hmm. you're going to get soaking wet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to get soaking wet and cold, and I'm going to remind you why it was so important to walk under the umbrella with me. Yep. The yep. problem is, too often, our response is to shake our fist at God and blame Him because we're wet. Yeah. When we're the ones that stepped out from under the umbrella to begin with. Yeah. Clearly, it was our fault that we'd done that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like Mike, Mike's example, right? We're the little kids that's going to yeah. touch the stove. And he's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> like, come on, let's go. Nope. Yeah. I'm hard-headed and stubborn. I'm going to touch it anyways. Yeah. I'm not touching yeah. it. I'm not <laughs> touching it. Yeah. That's it. Where I'm only going to touch it for a second and it won't bother me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It won't burn that bad. Like, right. just barely touch yeah, a couple of weeks ago. You say it's hot, but do you know me? Do you know how my, my tolerance for hot? You, right. you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's not as I should think it is. Yeah. I don't know I think it really and the whole word does it also but you just put it in different you think about it so much one way but you forget just like everybody else like we we see everything everybody's way all the time but if you actually just stop and look at the whole picture and your eyes open and focus instead of being wide shut. There's always two sides to a coin, and a lot of people only like to see the one side. Right. Because the one side might be shiny and bright, and the other side might be worn out. Yeah, that's one thing he's hit me with the past couple of days. I'll just be transparent. You know, you and I have talked a lot, Bob, on what what we would like to what I'd like to see in the town. You know, mm-hmm. with shelter and things like that. You get so focused on that need. You know, and you share that with certain people, and you expect that excitement to be reciprocated. And when you don't see that, because it hasn't been laid on that person like it's been laid on you, mm-hmm. you get frustrated, and then that frustration turns into lashing out unfairly mm-hmm. and unrighteously because you're not considering their perspective, what's been laid on 
their heart, what's on their plate, how busy they are, how stressed out they are about what, what God's right. telling them to do. And you're mad because he's not telling them to help you with what he's told you to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Perspective yeah. is oh, very yeah. important. That's it one thing very... he's convicted me hard on the past couple of days. Yep. We need to guard ourselves against that. Yeah. Well, it's like what you said like was like three, four episodes ago, right? When Mike's perception on himself, right? Like, how come nobody's texting back? Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing this or that? Because it was like his expectation. Mm-hmm. But nobody else knew that that was Mike's expectation. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've talked about that too. We've yeah. talked about communication. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I heard it just the other day. Well, you haven't texted me for a while or talked to me for a while. Well, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. how many times have I heard that or said that? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, the communication road goes both ways. He's like, I just ain't got much to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mom always said, you ain't got nothing nice to say. No. <laughs> I'd say you guys have probably got more texting out of me in the last year and a half than I've ever done in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you, my phone blows up kind of sometimes. <laughs> like, yep. Karen's like, who is that? I was like, that's the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> and it sounds like I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll pick my phone up and I'll be 20 behind and I'm like, man, yeah. I just looked at that five minutes ago. I know. Yep. <laughs> Yes, sir. And then I got to go all the way back. Just yeah. know what I'm putting <laughs> in. You got to go back to where you remember you left off. Well, and and sometimes you had your phone messing up for a while. You got to yeah. hope you got them all. <laughs> or in the right order. Yeah. 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 Poor Ron's like, yeah. okay, lost. You guys, I was texting last night after, after small group, and that's why I put that scratch the head emoji. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't, I'm like, I'm in the dark. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Mike Richardson and Carl were talking. I was like, did I miss something? Yeah. That's what I was. I'm like, what are what they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I don't answer. Right. And then, they're like, and then next thing I know, I see something about not seeing no silent run. And I'm like, it's I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing here. So, yeah. So I was just staying the man out, <laughs> looking in. I tried, but it was bugging me. I had to know what they were talking about. Yeah, because <laughs> you wanted what we had. That's right. I wanted what you had. I was just. I, had, I was an inquiring mind. I needed to know. There you go. I was the odd man out, standing outside the fire, waiting for something to spark so I could get it. <laughs> so, so when I sent the text out, Silent Ron. Which one? The one. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> the, the topic. True. Okay. What's the first thing that popped into your mind? Besides, I don't even know what he's talking about. Pretty much that. I need to look it up. <laughs> I need to, I need to was there a second thought? <laughs> I need to look it up and read. <laughs> okay, so I was the only one who went Billy Joel uh, standing outside the fire. Oh, no, okay. Sorry. I was actually going Garth Brooks on that. <laughs> That's not what I thought, too. Yeah, I was nowhere near that. I forgot about Billy Joel. No. But what? do you have something to add about it? Like you're standing outside the fire? I just feel like I'm always standing outside the fire on a lot of things, you know, looking in, 
yeah. wanting to knowing that I should probably engage, but yet the same token, if I do engage, sitting there weighing my sight, is it going to make it worse? Is it going to make it better? You know, it's kind of like that choosing your battles thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so before I go charging guns blazing into something, I always like to know what's going on. Charging hell with a water pistol. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I need to make sure I got a big enough squirter to put it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, Oh, trust me, I've been there. I've I've typed some stuff in. I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> deleted Delete. it all. Yeah. And then once you know, there's been also times where I didn't engage, and then when I find out what was going on, you know, it's like, dang, I should have engaged. For some fact, now that I know what's going on, I had input on it, and then you feel like it's almost too late, and you're like, man, I really want to get in there, but yet it's it's done, it's over with. Do you rekindle that fire, or do you just wait for the next one and know that you know you you should step in absolutely be that fire bug rekindle it <laughs> grab that grab so that flamethrower basically what you're saying is uh you need to try to decide when to jump in the fire pretty much yeah it's a difficult balance but i do it think is. there's wisdom in waiting for his guidance and counsel over and above mm-hmm. leaping out ahead is our our tongue can get us in a lot of trouble right. if we let it get ahead of his will, you know. Yeah, I don't want to jump in there and say the wrong thing. And this person, I I mean one, I mean one thing, I mean one thing, but yet what I say, they take a total ninety degree turn with it, and it ends up being way worse than. Yeah. Where I was intending it N- to go. No, yeah, and sometimes that can happen regardless yeah. because it, it sometimes it depends on the attitude and the person that you're dealing with. So just know that even if you you wait right. for the correct time and what you and you, know, you you can feel God telling you, okay, it's okay to to say this. It could still be taken the wrong way. So don't you know or situation. Don't fall into the yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be yeah. a, a person. It could be a situation. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. like you yeah. drive by and car has they're up on a jack and there's no tire and you're like man i should stop and help well there's nobody there and if i stop and put my fingerprints on it then maybe it's a stolen car you know or whatever right oh they'd come after me don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that man was flipping handles last night (laughs) we seen you you flipping them handles (laughs) they got my patsies but i think i know what you're saying ron like Especially me. Like, I want to jump, 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 jump. And if I'm not jumping, it's because I'm hesitant about it, and I'm probably wrong about being hesitant <laughs> right. about it. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is, is on these text messages, you really can't tell how the other person really feels because, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just words it's on just, just words. screen. And, and, you know, yeah. and I'll sit and read it three or four times and be like, I wonder what they really mean by that, you know, before I even text back. You, sometimes mm-hmm. when you read it, it may strike you in a totally different mood and you take it like, are they being serious or are they just being right. smart? Yeah. Smart. Oh, yeah. Or if, yeah, if you're, yeah. If you're having a bad day, you can right. look at a prayer or somebody's probably, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. depending on your day you and know, depending like on your you mood. Say, yeah. They're just words there and if you're reading yeah. them, it yeah, all depends so. on how your day is, how you're feeling. 
you to can, how you interpret my, those words. Right. What my thing is is if it's something serious, I stop texting, I call them because I need yeah. to hear how their voice is. Right. Right. Because you, know? you yeah. can you can make any any statement in text seem negative yeah. if you apply the wrong tone to yeah. it. Right. Well, yeah. Any statement you can make Even it you can make it whatever you want to make it. Yeah. No, yeah right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can make it sound angry you can make it sound sad you can make yeah, it sound desperate you, you can make it sound happy oh, you can yeah. make it sound excited just however you want to perceive it the moment, the moment you read it which right. will usually right. be to justify your own preconceived bias about that person that's yeah. interesting that's, yeah. yeah that's why it's, I hate texting I really do <laughs> oh I can you guys tell. know I'll yeah. tell you guys most of the time if yeah. I'm texting you it's probably something smart anyway yeah. <laughs> smart Ellie that is yeah. That's it. yeah no I, can, yeah, I can't smart. tell you I mean my wife's very very uh, very serious about doing that, about that I mean to where I can't tell you how many times she's given me her phone she goes okay I need you to read that and knowing me how does that sound because yeah. she's like I don't if I, I, this is who I'm sending it to and you know what I mean because mm-hmm. she's like she's like I know how I come across she's like and hopefully people hear me like as I talk so they know I'm straightforward and honest and, and whatever and they know how she comes across <laughs> right you know? so they're like she's like does that sound okay <laughs> 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 you're okay babe but there's, and there's been a couple of times you might want to take that one out <laughs> take that line I'm, out I'm glad you proofread her text to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Karen proofreads all the stuff I yeah, yeah see, on Facebook yeah. <laughs> You know, let me read that because you can't spell for one. And number two, I don't want people, I don't want people taking it the wrong way. You don't have autocorrect? Sometimes. Yeah. Bad thing sometimes too. autocorrect is not correct. Amen. You know, sometimes that's bad too. You can ask my son about that. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Little Bob. No, yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, wink at me and I'll keep recording. I mean, I'll yeah. <laughs> I think more than anything it's a refinement or like I said before it's God refining or it's us being callous and hardening ourselves yeah Mm -hmm. because God doesn't do that Mm -hmm. right like we do that to Mm ourselves right I read A.W. Tozer today uh, and I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember the exact quote, but he he basically said that anytime God wants to bring you to another level, it's going to involve that that furnace experience, that wilderness mm-hmm. experience, some sort of test, some sort of refinement, and it's going to be uncomfortable, some sort of suffering to bring you to the next level. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be a it's not going to be a season a season of comfort that brings you to another spiritual level. No, right. It's always going to be a season of testing. Yeah, he wants you to step. He wants you to step a little further out on that faith. And when you say suffering, you don't mean like pain and agony. No. Like, it could be. It could be, it could yes, be. but not necessarily. It could be, you know, spiritual agonizing, you know. Right, yeah. It could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of stress. I'm just saying, like, some of the words that we use now, right, like, submit. Because we were in Ephesians, Ephesians 4 last night, right? And so submitting meant something way different than flippantly how we use it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree with you. I think if, if we're dealing with that sort of stress, it, I mean, yeah. obviously he's sovereign and he allows it, but that's probably more because you've stepped out of line, right. so he's allowing an attack to get you back under the canopy of his protection. Yes. And that's a different thing. That, yeah. That's a different thing than, you know, bringing you to another spiritual level. Yeah. Oh, well. I think those are two different two different paradigms. That's Yeah, the, the, the spiritual level is... is Lifting you up and furthering your walk, 
the other one's correcting you to get you back on the path. Right. Yes. Well, I don't feel like I've gone off path, but boy, I feel like I've been hit with a brick. <laughs> Are you sure? You know, no, I mean, no, the thing I'm not is, sure. I'm not sure. Sometimes, yeah, I'm not sometimes sure. we we allow ourselves to get like that, just because, and, and you know, we allow the devil to come in and do that. Satan, will, Satan will put all the stress he wants on you, especially if you're allowing him to be there. See what I'm saying? If you're allowing him to come into your life and get back in your life somehow, and it doesn't take much to, for him to get back in there, he's going to sit there and he's going to torment you. He's going to give you all the turmoil he can. You know, and then, but that's what you got. As a distraction. Gotta, as a distraction, yeah. You know, and that because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to just focus on all that stress and not focus on what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. He's yeah. trying to drag. He's trying to. He's trying to drag you back. Yeah. And that's one way he's doing it with all that stress and all. And and if you're if you're really absolutely just focusing on that, it's the half. He's it's got the, you. It's the glass half empty. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what he wants. That's it. So it's that difference between response and reaction. He knows what buttons to push to get you to react. Your yeah. reaction is always unrighteous. When yeah. you just react out of out of an emotional response, it's almost always unrighteous, or it leads to to an unrighteous. Mm-hmm. And unrighteous behavioral mm-hmm. output, you know what I mean, as opposed to thoughtfully, you know, inquiring of the most time and responding to a situation. We just react emotionally. Yeah. And that's what the enemy wants. And like I say, he knows exactly what buttons to push to get oh, you to do that. Does. Trust me. Well, yeah. Because he still pushes my buttons. Mm-hmm. I just, I really just want to wring his neck this day. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bob. Nope. I'm not going to repent of that one. That dude just needs to go somewhere else and find a different job. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pull an eight off record then. Unless anybody has anything else to add until we go into our final thoughts. No? Mm-hmm. Mike, I think perspective is always a a great thing, and knowing the before and after in Scripture. So when you're talking about this, and when you have a different perspective, like you were talking about with your Bible study, and it's showing this particular story being from the standing outside the fire of Nebuchadnezzar. We have to remember that our faith needs to be strong enough to be in the furnace as well. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember we can stand in that furnace because our God is one who created fire in the first place. Silent Ron? No. (laughs) No. Pass. <laughs> like that's a hard pass. Yeah, that's a, yeah. We ain't playing cards here. <laughs> Next, <laughs> go fish. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I say if you're if you're standing outside the fire looking in, just kind of kind of weigh your options and and really just look to God and see if see if you need to be in that fire to be refined or not. You know, there's there's sometimes he doesn't want you in that fire to be refined. Mm-hmm. He's got you where he needs you at the moment. But then there's times that you need to be in that fire a long time to get refined where he needs you to be. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, just kind of, just kind of, 
ask for his guidance and see if you need to be in that fire. Right. I'm going to regret this, but Carl, because I'm following you. <laughs> well, you have my wife to blame this time. <laughs> my wife shared a, a parable with me yesterday, and it's it's a secular parable, and they don't really know who authored it, I don't believe, but I think it has a pretty powerful spiritual application. And it says that there was a, there was a little girl, and she came to her grandmother, and she, she was dealing with a lot of stress in the world and a lot of affliction coming at her, and she was like, you know, there's just so many things happening to me right now, and Every time I do something, it seems to fall apart. Nothing ever goes right. I'm just about to give up. I'm about to quit. And I don't know what to do. And the grandmother, she said, I want you to get three pots and fill them with water. So she filled three pots with water. She said, put them on the burner and boil them. She did that. And then she got, that was Bob. <laughs> Bob didn't silence his phone. Drop the dime. Now, did you really dime. jump in that fire? <laughs> I think he did. I did, yeah. He did. I, I, I felt, I felt bad to say that. Yeah. Hey, actually, all he wanted to do was poke me. <laughs> so the grandmother has the granddaughter get get some carrots, some eggs, and some coffee grounds. And she has her put the carrots. And she says, feel the carrots. She feels them. She's like, they're, they're, they're strong, and, and they're hard, and they're firm. Put them in the water. And she said, take the egg. It's got a strong, strong exterior, but a malleable, a malleable interior, right? Put it in the, in the next pot. I'll take the coffee grounds and put that in the third pot. And then they just let it boil for 20 minutes. And then when it was done, she turned off the burner, let the water cool, and had the granddaughter get, get the carrots out. When they're cooled off, she said, squeeze them. She squeezes the carrots, and they were weak and just disintegrated in her hands. She says, get the egg. She gets the egg and cracks it, and it's hard. That malleable interior had, had turned hard and immovable. And then she says, scoop some water out of the third pot, put it in a mug, and it's coffee. And she said, this is, this is the lesson. The water represents the world, and the heat represents the affliction that's going to come at you from the world. You have three choices in the way you respond. You can let the world weaken you to the point where you fall apart, or you can let the world harden you the point where you're not soft of heart anymore or you can stand firm and you can be the change in the world wow. like the coffee yeah i think that's what shadrach meshach and abednego did that day absolutely they didn't yeah. let nebuchadnezzar's decree soften them or weaken them they didn't let it harden them they stepped into the flame and they became the change that the world needed around them and that's what we need to be if we do like richard Formbrand said in that quote and choose when we come to that place of suffering to love him fully and committedly without without any question do you regret it yes <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm sure glad I went before you <laughs> I agree with Carl <laughs> yeah. yeah where's the buzzer yeah well mine sounds pretty simple now <laughs> let's step have it tomorrow at work it's our fault if you're standing outside the fire and your gut tells you that you should be inside the fire, then you probably should be inside the fire. Yep, yep. Carl's look better. Yeah, people are going to remember Ronnie's. They will forget mine in five minutes. But what was that? What was that? That weird, that weird guy had some parable up there. Yeah, and it was like twenty minutes, and I don't get it. But Ronnie's was great. <laughs> Ronnie's was super. <laughs> I could have I could have pulled you, Mike, and said, "Just pray about it." 
Hey, I'm not saying going. that you're just, wrong. Just pray I'm about just saying it. Buddy. You always take the easy way out. Well, yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the hard prayers, right? Yeah, yeah that's not so easy all the time. That does the comfortable stuff. <laughs> Join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. Uh, share the episodes. Comment on topics. I'm kind of doing what Carl said that he felt <laughs> not to do. <laughs> it's like, but uh, if you want to go long form and just chat with us, let us know what's going on in your world. If you have any questions or concerns, you need us to pray about something, email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. If you are in our area, we have the all Broken Conference coming up on October 22nd from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the 4th Street Theater in downtown Moberly. Um, tickets are at eventbrite.com. Just look up All Broken Conference and they'll be there. Our theme is broken, but not shattering. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. Yeah. <laughs> no, leave that in. <laughs> And until next time, I do that every time. Like, I gotta. Broken Records Ministry, catch on the flip side.